a video game movie that's garbage, but also fun? Today I'm talking about DOA, Dead or Alive. Hello, movie friends. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about DOA, Dead or Alive, which is based on the video game franchise Dead or Alive. And it's a somewhat infamous video game franchise or fighting game franchise. And this movie, I remember seeing previews for it. I was just like rolling my eyes at the time. And But I've seen like random fandom for it, which is very strange. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I actually enjoyed myself. So I wanted to talk about why this surprised the hell out of me, at least in terms of it being enjoyable to watch versus just cringe fest 2021. So let's get started. In the garbage pile of video game movies, it would be an insult to say Pantheon, honestly, there are a few I've avoided. Anything by Uwe Boll, I'm not a complete masochist when it comes to watching movies. No thanks. New Mortal Kombat? Sure, it'll be good for a laugh. Dead or Alive? Wait, you mean the fighting game series that had a bikini beach volleyball game? That sounds awful. And yet I've heard there are fans of this movie for years, so I took the plunge and... had fun? The film follows four highly trained martial artists. Kasumi, a literal warrior princess, Tina, a wrestling champ looking to prove herself, Helena, an athlete with a tragic past to conquer, and Christy, a thief on the run, all of whom are invited to a high-stakes tournament called DOA, Dead or Alive, where the winner brings home $2 million. But is there something more sinister going on? I'm not going to tell you this is a good movie. It is not. At best, this is so bad it's good territory. The effects are laughably terrible, the main plot is completely absurd, and the game franchise's male gaze is off the charts. That said, I did enjoy watching this for a couple of key reasons. Reason number one is a tongue-in-cheek tone. I'm going to give this movie credit that I'm immediately going to take away, but I've got to get the credit first, because it is trying, and often succeeding, at parodying the movie people expected. Yes, all of our fighters are beautiful women, but more often than not, they're using their wiles to trick people or have people let down their guard. Even the beach volleyball scene is portrayed as a distraction to get the main bad guy's attention while another guy goes on a recon mission. But the reason we have to take all that credit away is because the aforementioned male gaze is persistent. There's an entire fight scene where one of our leads uses her breasts as a distraction and slips into her bra to end the fight. There is no nudity, though. And that's just in the first 10 minutes. It's a lot like the sucker punch problem. If you embrace the same visual language of what you're making fun of, you're still making the thing you're making fun of. Reason number two is female cooperation. So we've got four fighting women all in the same competition. I'm guessing they're all gonna throw a ton of shade at each other, drop some badass one-lighters before drop-kicking each other. Actually, no, because three of our male leads become friends right off the bat and never veer off course. Hell, they help each other on site in the first challenge. And yes, it is very telling that this stands out in this absurd B-movie, but it was very fun to see a fight between two female characters, which was portrayed like a genuine competition with both parties trying their hardest and no hard feelings after about a dude or after or something like that. And the reason number three, and the main reason this movie is fun, is absurdly fun Hong Kong action choreography. About ten minutes into this movie, I had a thought. Am I crazy, or are these fights really well put together? 
After 30 minutes, it was clear whoever directed this movie either studied a butt-ton of Hong Kong action movies or made, them some, made some themselves. In today's case, it's the latter. The director of this movie is Corey Yoon Kuei, who has directed a number of physics-defying action movies, including Jet Li's The Legend and The Enforcer, Jason Statham's first Transporter movie, and holy shit, Jackie Chan's Dragons Forever, one of the two fights with Betty the Jet? With that in mind, the choreography makes a lot more sense. Yun's style is best described as a blend between wuxia and old-school kung fu, where we get to see each move in intricate detail, and a lot of them look realistic, while some of them require the Earth's gravity to be turned off. And again, that matches the tone of this absurd movie really well, and means the audience is free to turn off their brain and enjoy the spin kicks. The verdict is, it's stupid fun. Terrible by normal means, but a perfect cult film in the making, DOA Dead or Alive was way more fun than I expected. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time, everybody. Stay safe.